sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. fans it is another beautiful day in the neighborhood friday november 6th let's cock a doodle do it this is the early line right here on sports grid giving you the edge i'm dane martinez and as always i got my main man kevin walsh burning the candle at both ends trying to give you all the information you need to make it a profitable day and we'll try to put the fun and functional sports content at the same time kev we got a football friday on our hands as we go to week nine i mean we are halfway through the regular season we are more than halfway through the fantasy regular season and it kicked off last night as the Green Bay Packers go to San Francisco I don't want to say avenge an NFC championship game loss because that one was certainly more important than this one but they get the job done 34 to 17 they move to six and two on the season really at the top of the NFC and they get it done quite frankly Kev I mean we were talking about all the injuries on both sides some of the COVID related issues mm. We didn't know about Aaron Jones, but I'll tell you who was on the field. Aaron Rodgers was on the field. I'll tell you who else was on the field. Devontae Adams was on the field, and that was enough for Green Bay to get into the 30s and salt this one away. Yeah, I mean, those two operating on a different level entirely right now. I think what was really interesting yep. is you and I broke this game down in the morning. Packers laying seven, minus 128. The book doing everything they could they to avoid having to push this to seven and a half. This thing closed under a touchdown. Everybody, oh. sharpest knife in the draw. Too many points. Too many points. Can't be laying that on the road. 34-3. 34-3 Green Bay at one point led this football game. Ripped off 27 unanswered. Listen, this stuff is difficult, man. There's so many times you think you're, you know, sometimes, ah, let me go the easy route here. I'll slay it with Green Bay. Ah, let me just go the easy route. I'll take the points at home. This was a game where one team was depleted. The other team, honestly, like Bakhtiari was out okay, but like once Aaron Jones was good, the Packers' injuries were, at that point, nowhere near right. anywhere what we were talking about with the right. Niners, right? Jair Alexander did leave this game, but I just thought from a side perspective, I would have never thought, after our conversation in the morning, that line would have closed under seven in, instead of above seven. Yeah. I thought that was really, really interesting. The hook would have been the other way, if anything. Absolutely. Exactly. I thought that was really surprising. I will say, this game from a props perspective, incredibly fascinating. Mainly from the Niner side. Who was our lead back supposed to be? Jermichael Hasty, 72 yeah. and a half rushing yards when you and I looked at it. I don't think I've seen a running back underperform their rushing total as much as Jermichael Hasty without injury. Four carries for three yards? Are you okay? Against a poor rush defense? He's not okay. Wait a second, Kevin. He's not okay. He is a fifth-string running back. Dane, the number was 72-and-a-half. No, 72-and-a-half no, 72-and-a-half. You can get out of control with some of these things, right? Like, there's a reason that the man is fifth on a depth chart back in August. You know what I mean? I think people sometimes get a little too carried away with the idea of plug-and-play. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I see I, it all the yeah. time in the waiver wire market in fantasy as well. Sure. People just automatically think next man up, cool. But you know, you have to also consider, you know, who the back is, and of course the game script as well, right? But um, yeah, it was Jet McKinnon instead for San Francisco. And then the other guy, Trent Taylor, was supposed to be wide out one, a receiving total anywhere from the mid to high forties, depending when you got it. He caught a ball on the last drive to stop him from being shut out. It just yeah. an unpredictable group. I guess what else could you expect with this many injuries? But jarring, jarring numbers. Yeah, it actually is, um, especially as we welcome in our radio audience from around the country. If you're a Niners fan out west listening on the mightier 1090, thanks for waking up early with us, although you did not necessarily like what you saw last night. Here's what I want to ask you, because, you know, we know the Niners are compromised. The Niners now fall to under 500, the only team in that division that is only 500. But the story here is really what we should talk about more is Green Bay. Right, because Green Bay is six and two here. What I want to ask you though, because San Fran was so compromised, not only offensively, you mentioned Jair Alexander goes down, but it's not like San Fran had um a Debo Samuel to threaten him, a Brandon Ayuk to threaten, even a Kendrick Bourne, right? We know the Niners are compromised on the defensive side of the ball as well. So what do you take from the Packers in this game? You know, like are you learning anything from Green Bay aside from the fact that Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are good at football? <laughs> um, I mean, can this team get back to stringing together wins? They won their first four. Off the bye, they lose to Tampa Bay. They then route Houston. They put up 35. They win the game 35-20, and it probably wasn't even that close. Then they drop the ball against Minnesota. Then they come here and they route the Niners. And again, even if we go, ah, depleted Niners, there was nobody on the field, it was still a, anywhere from a six to seven point spread. They completely dominated the game. You know, now they've got a little bit of an extended rest until they host Jacksonville. I can already tell you right now, they're going to be laying two touchdowns. It's going to be too many for me, but they should be able to handle that. The schedule for Green Bay is very interesting because I think okay. it's in the eye of the beholder how difficult that schedule is. They play the top two teams in the AFC South, couple of meetings with the Bears, Eagles, Lions, and Panthers. Makes up the rest of that schedule. Now, hmm. ultimately, this Green Bay team has fluctuated. Again, they've responded off both of their losses incredibly well. Can they get back to winning ways? Can they get back to ripping a couple off here? Again, they're going to be heavily favored, have a two-game win streak with their next game being against Jacksonville. But I would say Green Bay alongside the Saints, the two teams in the NFC that need home field advantage through the NFC playoffs the most. We'll see if Green Bay can secure that with putting together a bit of a streak. Remember, they have a loss heads up against Tampa, who they might have to fight for that honor as well. But Green Bay did look good last night. We got the rest of Week 9 on deck. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. Dane and Kevin, we're talking about Thursday night football. And, you know, it's interesting because we've been having up the playoff picture, right, Kevin, the NFC. And it does seem to be flat. You mentioned the Packers' schedule when you were going through it. You know, it made me think they could get another five wins or so easily with 11 or 12 do it for the NFC. We will see about that. But on the flip side, you know, we have the Niners now, right? And we've been talking about, like, could all four teams in that division make the playoffs, you know? But eventually, if the Niners are below 500, and remember, not only do they lose this game, but they're going to be without key pieces like Jimmy G, George Kittle Mm. for the future. You know, the window could be closing on San Fran. And I think when you look at this Niners upcoming schedule, it's really important to the conversation that we've been having here on the early line. Seven playoff spots up for grabs in the NFC. One belongs to the NFC. I feel like John King on CNN. Um, but one of them belongs to the you NFC. You need to do East, a big board, an interactive Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that means that we've got six spots for what we were saying was eight teams, right? The entire NFC West, your Saints, your Bucks, your Bears, and your Packers. The Niners might be out. Let's just go through this quickly. At the Saints next week. Oh boy. Tough. That's double digit dogs. They're gonna be, then they're gonna hit a bye week. Off the bye, right. who's back? Not Jimmy, not Kittle. We know Bosch is never coming back. Probably Maybe not Bosch enough there. people to tilt the scale. Realistically, they go to the Rams. I highly doubt they're sweeping the Rams. Tough. Host Buffalo. Now it's a Monday night, primetime game, still tough, okay? Host Washington at Dallas. Certainly manageable games, right? But, you know, you're going to have to sweep those, yep. no doubt about it. Finish yep. finish up at Arizona, host the Seahawks. Realistically. I got him winning two and a half more. I got him winning two and a right. half more. And that's the thing. You, you, you'd like to say they get Washington and Dallas, and right. somewhere maybe they get somebody. Also, yep. I don't know if I would be floored if they lost one of the Cowboys or Washington football games. I don't know if I would yeah. be floored by it. I don't know what the state of this team is going to be. Because honestly, Dane, if the health doesn't improve, they're touchdown dogs in five of their seven remaining games. So I, I, I think it is fair to say the Niners are done. Okay. Um, great. Kevin is planting the flag on Friday, November 6th, that the Niners are done. Uh, I planted the flag on the Patriots a little bit further back, but hey, they're still alive. We'll we'll see. We all have different opinions on that. Kevin says the Niners are done. You know, two teams who would very much appreciate if, in fact, the Niners were done, right? Because you Mm -hmm. talked about it, maybe the entire West two teams in the north and then you said kev the two teams in the south and those are the saints and the bucks and they make up the headline game in my opinion of week nine of the nfl season the saints go to tampa remember they played in week one we got two offenses now that are starting to roll the saints 29 points a game seventh in the nfl meanwhile the bucks at 30.9 points a game are fourth in the nfl and get ready for this kev you are going to hear this a ton if you are watching the game tom brady and drew Brees are number one and two in nfl history in touchdown passes and yards and all those stats it's literally like back and forth game by game so you're gonna hear that regardless two first ballot hall of fame quarterbacks vying for control of the nfc south what do you like in this one uh, i think this is a really really fun game i, I mean 
I cannot tell you how much uh, how excited I am to watch Antonio Brown. I cannot wait just to mm. see what this looks like. I saw a stat before. He ran 14 routes in that one game he played with the Pats with Brady, and he was targeted on eight of the 14 routes he yeah. ran. I don't know if that will settle in for people about how preposterous that is, but, I mean, if the guy runs 30 routes, you know, he gets the ball thrown to him almost like 20 times. I'm just rough math here, rough math. But, like, that's, you know what I mean? Like, that's just so wild yeah. to think about what that's going to look like. Godwin hopefully healthy, Michael Thomas hopefully healthy. Before we talk side, I have to pull our attention to the total here, though, Dane. The FanDuel Sportsbook, this thing's at 50 and a half. This number has been going down, down, down. There's expected wind. If the hmm. ball's going to be breezy, breeze, not intentional, hey. that, does, that makes me a little concerned about these offenses. Older Why? Guys, it's not like Drew Brees is throwing the ball downfield anyway. Yeah, but if he ever tries it, the thing might just completely die immediately. I felt like Brady struggled a little bit in the win this past week at MetLife. So that is part of the reason why this number is going down. We know the Bucs defense is good. Might this addition of Quan Alexander improve the Saints defense? I think that's reasonable. The Saints, though, 7-0 to the over. It's hard to get in front of that. Hard to get in front of that. In terms of the side... I lean Tampa Bay. I think it's going to be hard for the Saints to sweep them, and then I, you know, I'm expecting four points to matter. Might four points matter? Yeah, I definitely could see that. I definitely yeah. could. I'm leaning towards Tampa Bay, though. I think this is a great football game. Really tough to call. Yeah, absolutely. They put up 57 points in their Week One matchups when the Saints won 34 to 23. Um, I agree with you. I lean Bucks. I don't know if they cover a number because I could see the back door being open, right, and a last score to kind of keep it close. I want to push you on this Antonio Brown point. I agree with you. It's going to be interesting. You talked about kind of the target share that he got when he was in New England with Tom Brady, but there's a different set of other dudes out here right now with Tampa yeah. Bay, right? There's my. Mike Evans, you said the return of Godwin, you know, Fournette has been doing more and more, even Gronk getting back into action as it looks like he's getting into, I don't know if you want to call it game shape. So here's my question, because it can go one of two ways, right, Kev? Like either, yeah, Tom Brady welcomes Antonio Brown in with a heavy target share. You know, they're roommates after all, right? The bromance continues. Or he can, in essence, be another piece of an elite fantasy herd. Right. Mm -hmm. And either way, Kev, I believe there is then value one way or the other on like Mike Evans props or Godwin props. Right. So if Antonio, if a B becomes the alpha dog, like you may be hinting at, and I'm sure many, many people may believe might happen, then. There's probably value on under for these other guys, right? Because they're not going to hang a number. They're going to hang the number based on their stats for the rest of the year and stuff, right? Or um, Brady does not force feed A, B, and it is kind of a spread. You know what I mean? Like, can't there be values with guys like Evans and Godwin and others because of the perception of what might happen with A, B, and thus a way to get ahead of it? So I think there is going to be an adjustment in these guys' numbers regardless. Because, again, Antonio Brown is going to command a reasonable prop number, ultimately, right? How high will that number be? Like, if you were to book these guys, you know, who has the highest yardage total? 
I think that's hard to tell. Godwin for was me, booked over Evans. For me, it would be Godwin. Sure. For me, it would be okay. Godwin. Godwin was booked over Evans, so maybe that will remain the same. Look, I'll just tell you this. I don't think Antonio Brown's lost a step. That's my guess, hmm. okay? <laughs> Antonio Brown, when last year he worked out with the Saints, right? And the Saints were like, I know it's going to look bad, but goodness me. I mean, they were like, he caught every ball. He was completely unstoppable. Then he played his first yeah. practice, and I feel like Bruce Arians wanted to retract anything he had ever said about not wanting Antonio Brown to come to Tampa Bay because he's been lights out. There's no question about the man's talent. But my And my thing is, like, he was in Pittsburgh, right? Everybody knew he was getting the ball, and everyone was hoping. Just so people know, okay, this is the best receiver over the last decade, one of the best that's ever played the position, okay? He is now going to be out there as a part of an elite fantasy herd. At the end of the day, good luck. Good luck. Right. What are you going to do? Like, it's Antonio Brown. And the thing about Brady but that's the thing, is Ev. he but he likes A.B. And he will want right. A.B. involved. And he will prioritize A.B. being involved. So I agree with you. I think trying to pick the unders could be difficult on your Godwin and Evans. There's almost a 95% chance that I am on these A-B overs come Sunday night. Right. But you may take the other one. You may take the overs because the numbers may drop down. And then what happens when A-B only plays 15 plays in his debut? You know, like that's also, uh, you know, it's Apparently gets possible. targeted we'll on, on over half of them. <laughs> It's true. It's true. We'll see. It's going to be a very big game. One last note on this. The Bucs have one of the best sack margins in the NFL. You know, they're getting to the quarterback where New Orleans is not. And, you know, it's not like Drew Brees is mobile. That could be a big deal as well. More games to talk about after the news update. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. Big shout out to all of our affiliates around the country. Thanks for waking up very early with us, Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. Kev, next game I want to talk about here is Baltimore going to Indianapolis in a battle of five-win teams in the AFC. You know, when we have that playoff graphic up, these are two of the three teams in that wild card chase right now. These teams would be in the playoffs, but on the road in week one. One. Here's what I want to ask you about this one. If you remember last week when Baltimore was playing Pittsburgh, I was kind of believing in the Pittsburgh run defense, right? To see if they could slow this Baltimore Ravens offense, especially via the run. Now, Mark Ingram is still likely not mm -hmm. going. We saw the emergence of the house elf, J.K. Dobbins. But my question now is, what do we do this week? Because the Indianapolis Colts, Kev, are second in the NFL against the run, only giving up uh, 79 yards a game. And I feel like the Colts get the short end of the stick when we talk about, like, brand-name teams in the AFC. Maybe they're less of a public team. Maybe it's because they are built from the inside out. But, you know, I have seen the Colts play low-scoring, kind of blue-collar games all season long. Do you believe, Kevin, that the Ravens, the Ravens run the offense, can establish what they want to do against this Colts defense? So I just want to say, I think the reason why the Colts have gotten the quote-unquote short end of the stick is because yeah. the only AFC contender they played was the Browns. 
And they lost that okay. game somewhat handedly, somewhat handedly. So I think that's part of the reason why. It's a big moment here for okay. the Colts. Now, I'll tell you this. This is a game is a key reason why I don't like missing days of work. Because I feel <laughs> like I missed out on the conversation that was likely had about the Ravens' COVID situation. And I feel like I don't know if I, I, I haven't heard a lot about this, I feel like, in a lot of places. Yeah. I don't know. Could be wrong there. But Marlon Humphrey, along with six to seven other names, are on the COVID list. There's a big reason right? why Like this Queen number. and Judon. Yeah. Yes. But like a bunch of guys. And we know Ronnie Stanley's not going to be missing. This is mm. now a compromised Baltimore Ravens squad. Because I remember initially yeah. seeing the line drop down. I'm like, man, everyone hates Lamar. And then I went, oh, no, it has nothing to do with that. And right. now I don't know what the line should be. Very much so a game that I will not be betting until, I mean, as per usual for myself, noon, right. day of. I need to know who's in. I need to know who's out. But that can make all the difference in the world. Marlon Humphrey's one of the best corners in football. And again, just even if you just pluck a couple of starters, you know, you mentioned Judon, Pat Queen, that makes yeah. the difference in a, in a Baltimore Ravens defense that is incredibly elite. I will say, you said the Colts number two against the run. I assume the Steelers are number yes. one, right? I mean, the Correct. Steelers did get gashed. Completely gashed. No, excuse me. The Steelers fell. Fell. They fell. Tampa is still there. Oh, and Tampa's, then the Colts. You, okay. Pittsburgh yeah. was there, but you're right. They mm -hmm. did allow above their average to Baltimore. So they dropped down like a spot or two. It's close at the top. Yeah. But 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 like at the end of the day, like they got gashed. It wasn't kind of sure. like, oh, Lamar inflated the numbers. I think Lamar averaged the fewest yards per rush to Gus and Dobbins. Like they completely lit that team up on the ground. And that's probably going to be the M.O. for Baltimore here, right? Because without Stanley, pass protection now a little bit more vulnerable. Keep your possibly compromised defense off the field as much as possible. Go to your bread and butter. Hopefully you get Lamar rolling on the ground. Let's get more Dobbins. Gus Edwards looks fantastic. Gus Edwards is like the most efficient running back in football this year. <laughs> so I have a lean towards the Baltimore Ravens. It's Phillip Rivers. I trust him to throw picks. I've also got a slight lean here to the under of 46 and a half because, yeah. and I, I, you know, the Colts, right? I mean, we also know with powerhouse lead running back RB1 Wilkins, along with pass catching back Naheem Hines, we'll look to keep this moving slowly. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the total and see if this is a rare opportunity where I can tempt you into the under because I thought it was a high number. I thought 46 and a half was high. When you think about it, the Colts give up only 19 points a game, one of the top defenses. The Ravens give up only 18.9 points a game, right? We yeah. also know about the compromised nature of some of uh, Baltimore specifically. And I just keep thinking that they don't ask Phillip Rivers to do too much, right? We see Naheem Hines and Moali Cox and Trey Burton, you know, it's not like we're going downfield. We also got to get a read on T.Y. Hilton, his availability. It does look, however, that the Calvary may come in the form of uh, rookie Michael Pittman out of USC, who was returning for this team. Let's go to another game, Kev. You know, that to me is the big time game in the AFC, right? Ravens, Colts, one of those teams will get their sixth win. The very top of the AFC, though, has two.
Uh, looks like we just lost Dane there. I'm sure we will get that set up. No problem. But the game that he was going to bring up there was the Falcons, uh, excuse me, that the Panthers and the Chiefs. Obviously, we're talking about the best team in football. Uh, when you talk about the Kansas City Chiefs, they're laying a big number, double digits once again. Uh, not almost three touchdowns like we were talking about last week, but it is 10 and a half that they're laying to the Panthers. And I'll tell you what, guys, I have been struggling with this one because I am at a point of the year where I want to value teams that have extra rest. So your Thursday night footballs and your bye weeks. Think about last week. We had four teams off buys plus two teams that had played Thursday nighters, five and one against the spread. The Baltimore Ravens were the only team that let people down. So you now have the Panthers coming off Thursday night football, getting 10.5 points, the return of Christian McCaffrey. I want to take the Panthers. Here's the problem with wanting to take the Panthers. This team, last Thursday, forced a punt of the Atlanta Falcons. One at home. One punt to the Falcons. Now, I know the Falcons have some talent on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, nowhere near the talent that the Kansas City Chiefs have. And if Patrick Mahomes had himself a ton of fun last week, throwing, you know, five touchdown passes and he wants right. to keep the train rolling, Dane, I'm not sure that there's anything the Panthers can do to stop him. Yeah, I, I hear that. Obviously, Patty Mahomes, uh, you know, talk about elite fantasy herd, right? That's what we talk about here with Kansas City. It can come from absolutely anywhere, given the five touchdowns that he had last week. So, you know, I don't think anybody's going to, you know, uh, give you... Uh, backlash for thinking that the Chiefs could get above their team total. I want to ask about the other side of the ball, though, right? This Chiefs defense, Kev, which, by the way, I don't know if you've seen, is now third in the NFL. They are only giving up 19 points a game. I remember last year where this Steve Spagnuolo-led defense got better over time as the season went on, and it was that improvement in their defense that really led them to the promised land. Talk to me about what you believe in the Kansas City Chiefs defense, especially we got word Chris Jones, their stud defensive lineman, was put on the COVID list, right? So if they don't have him up front and we got a McCaffrey potentially coming on back, do you think the Panthers will be able to hold up to their end of the bargain and kind of force a shootout? That seems to be the only path to trying to beat Kansas City, outscore them like Vegas did? Well, I think, I mean, yeah, so Vegas was able to outscore them. But I feel like also, if you're the Panthers, wouldn't you love to be able to run the football here, slow this game down? Yeah. That is still remains, you you know, the weakness of this Chiefs team, right? Is, uh, you know, this is a group that ranks 7th in DVOA against the pass, 28th against the run. And now no Chris Jones. Uh, in, Right, so like McCaffrey's back. How are you not just running the football? You'd be down ten nothing. I'd still be running the football. I think honestly, because it feels like that's the way that this Panthers team hangs in it. I, I, you know, I, I was saying that I think with the Panthers coming on Thursday night football, I want to take them getting ten and a half. Yeah, similar to the Jaguars. Okay, how we realized? Oh no, they are the worst team in football like we thought right kind of deal like we mm -hmm. like it's oh yeah they're they're that bad everything that happened week one was a total fluke type of situation 
this Panthers team that was maybe their defense isn't as bad as we all thought. Right, nope. right. Defense is terrible. They are real bad. Real bad. Forced. They are who we thought they year. were. Exactly. Like the the Chiefs can hang forty on this team. And if they hang forty on them, what's yeah. ten and a half doing? I, I thought this game might be under fifty two and a half. What's under fifty I mean, come on. Like I I really, really am struggling with this game really a lot because I felt pretty good when I was at first looking at this game, taking the Panthers and leaning towards the under. Now I want to go the other way. Never right. good when you want to go the other way no. on both if sides. If you are internally flip-flopping, you know what the right answer is? Don't bet it at all, Kev. Yeah. That's the way you do it. And you know we've been talking about other duos in the NFL, guys like whether it be Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, whether it be DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Did you know, though, mm-hmm. Kev, that Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore are the only <laughs> pair of wide receivers in the National Football League on the same team who both are over 600 yards. You know, Robbie Anderson has been a revelation for these Panthers as a signing. You know, the Jets didn't want to spend the money to sign Robbie Anderson. But hey, and DJ Moore has been coming on again as well. The other team at the top of the AFC is the Pittsburgh Steelers, still undefeated, and they go to Jerry's World, Kev. I'm just going to give you some stats, and then you can respond on the other side of the break in the way that anybody who watches the early line would expect Kevin to respond. Are you ready for this, Kev? The Cowboys are the worst defense in football, right? Giving up over 33 points a game. They give up over 170 yards on the ground per game. The Pittsburgh Steelers score over 30 points a game. The Pittsburgh Steelers also lead the NFL, Kev, with 30 sacks of the quarterback. And Cooper Rush or Garrett Gilbert is going to have good old TJ Watt, good old Bud Dupree coming down at them. We will find out if Kevin believes... 14 points at Jerry World is enough for these Dallas Cowboys. Come on back for that as we keep it on and popping on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the early line, everybody, right here, giving you the edge on the grid. Kev, so I gave you a few stats, right? I forgot to give you another one. The Cowboys Mm. also have the most turnovers in the NFL. So, Mm. uh, you know, let's put all that in a hat and tell me how Pittsburgh doesn't win this one by more than two touchdowns down in Jerry's world. So, so, uh, here's the best stat of all. Yeah. Cowboys played eight games. 0-8 against the spread. Fair. I don't think there's ever been a team that's gone 0-9 against the spread. So ever? I'm sure it's possible. I'm ever. Sure. No, I don't think there's a team that's ever gone 0-9 against the spread. I think they're now the third team in history to go 0-8 against the spread. Um, and maybe, I don't know, 1940s team where they were really sure, messed sure, up sure. with the lines. Sure. Um, here's the reality. God, I can't believe what I'm about to say. Pittsburgh, historically, under Mike Tomlin, is at their Level best as road dogs. It's when they're at their best. They're at their worst. Is road favorites. They're terrible as road favorites under Tomlin. Real bad. Because he's a woohoo, let's get him. Nobody believes in us. Right, we're right. the you know, we're the team. And then they win on the road against the Titans. They win on the road against the Ravens. And then they go to Dallas and they're like, oh boy, this is a waste of our time, huh? And then 
all of a sudden, it's a three-point game in the fourth quarter for no reason. Now, Dallas is the worst team in football right now. It's what they are. I will say this. Last week, their defense looked, without a doubt, the best it has looked all season long. No two ways about it. And that was a road primetime game. You give, you got No matter what you think about the Eagles, you give them credit for that. Okay? They finally didn't look like complete and utter useless garbage. 14 points at home. Yeah. Look, I know it's going to be tough. I know it's going to be tough to get to the window on that number, but I think it's really the only way to play it. I can't lay 14 on the road with a Steelers team that historically doesn't show up in this spot. I just can't do it. All right, fair enough. In the prop market, I might be looking at James Conner in this one, Kev, because of not only game script, but Conner has been successful so far this year. I tell you, the Cowboys allow a league worst on the ground. Yeah. And James Conner, his numbers are going to you know, be so listen, high. They may be, but, you know, maybe a rushing and receiving because he will be involved. I do think he will be a big part of parking the bus. He, Josh Jacobs, and Derek Henry are the only three backs in the AFC kind of at that level consistently every game performing. Connor has been more consistent than you might think, especially after week one. Benny right, when people were worried about Benny Snell and Anthony Orland. Benny Snell, anytime touchdown score, I would take a look That's at That's fine. You have That's to see fair. the number, but it wouldn't shock me if he got in the end zone. 41 That's and a half, fair. by the way. I just, I'll just i just quickly say, for the total to be that low with a spread that big is very jarring. Cowboys 3-0 right. to the under in the games without Dak to this point. So mm-hmm. there's also an argument to the under, but goodness me, is that number low. Yeah, I I like that. You know, I always talk about that and flag for people, right? When there's a big spread and a low total, because you got to figure out a final score here that fits that, right? And that's what a lot of veteran cappers try to do. When you talk about Benny Snell, I will just answer back with James Conner. I mentioned with Josh Jacobs and Derrick Henry, and he, Conner, are the only three backs who have 600 yards rushing and five rushing touchdowns so far on the season. So Connor is also getting into the end zone. You talk about the total in this game. I want to ask you about the total in the next game, which is the highest total on the board and is a big-time matchup of AFC and NFC contenders. Seattle flies across the country to take on the Buffalo Bills. We have another home dog situation. The Bills are getting three points at home, 55 is the total in this one, Kev, and I think points will be scored. We have been talking about the Seattle defense and how it can be had, right? And you know what I believe. I believe that Buffalo, when they face a big-time defense, Josh Allen may struggle. I don't think that will be the case against this Seahawks defense. And then Seattle... Seattle's just putting up points against everybody. They lead the league with over 34 points a game. Obviously, Russ continues to cook. We know about DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and that combo. I I see points being scored in this one, unless it's kind of like an everybody thinks this, and what do you know? We got a slugfest. How do you see this one playing out? Are you comfortable taking the over on the highest total on the board in Week 9? Right, so that's kind of the thing here. Of course there's going to be points in this game, but enough points to get over 55, right? As you said, yep. by by a pretty good margin, this is our highest total of the week. Yeah. So there's a lot of scenarios where, again, we could see, you know, 30-24, we're not home. That's a lot of points. We're still not home 
on a 30-24 score. Here's my thing with this game. I feel like Seattle going to the East Coast doesn't matter. So I'm not worried about that. Okay. Buffalo is a weird team to me because they're really not been the same since they got routed by the Titans. I mean, they've just not been the same. Remember when Josh Allen was a top five, rightfully so, MVP candidate? I mean, he's not even remotely done anything near that. It's as ev- like just regression back to who you were. And I don't know what to make of that. We just, we know Seattle's going to score. That's what it is. What's going to stop Seattle from scoring at this point? I don't know. I mean, it seems like nothing. So the number's three. Maybe it is disrespectful to Buffalo for them to be field goal dogs on their home field. But I just don't know if I can trust Josh Allen. I mean, the Seahawks defense is clearly this cure-all, but Jamal Adams is on track to play. Right. Dunlap's debut. Right. I I think I just got to lay the three with the Seahawks. And you know how I feel about Seattle. Like, I oddly am lower on them than a lot of people because they have mm-hmm. this preposterous one, you know, luck in one score games. But right. the Bills have not, you know, measured up. They've Impressed, just not. Yeah. When, when At the litmus it, test kind time. of games, right? When it comes yeah, time for not. them to play the real teams. You know, that's, that's why, you know, Kevin, we talk about tiers. A lot, right? And that's why I'm confident that Buffalo is a next tier team. You know, we we have those axioms all the time, like good teams win, great teams cover, right? Or can you step up? Can they get a road victory? Can they beat other contenders? And it seems like Buffalo is just below that cut. I will say this on the Buffalo side, Zach Moss is a running back to watch. He is growing in opportunity and production over 70 scrimmage yards in his last three games since he has been back from injury. And he got the two touchdowns last week, okay? So if you want that touchdown, equity in the fantasy market it could be moss growing in buffalo and also you know i just talked about robbie anderson and dj moore off carolina mm-hmm. right <laughs> tyler lockett and dk metcalf are a duo who both have over 500 yards receiving but get this kev they both also have seven touchdowns on the season as receivers and that speaks obviously to the fact that russ is cooking and on pace to potentially threaten the all-time single season touchdown record so seattle and buffalo are interconference matchups of two six win teams right playoff contenders we have another one kev of afc versus nfc and two playoff contenders and that is when your chicago bears travel to tennessee (laughs) to take on the titans both of these teams with five wins right both of these teams firmly in the playoff picture um i i just I just still, Kev, and I know you know I have the season-long win total ticket, and you know you sometimes you talk to me like I'm a guy who is you know uh, viewing everything as someone holding that kind of ticket, but I yes. still just don't I, I I don't see how the Bears consistently win. You have been talking about that the schedule will get harder for the Bears, right? You've been saying mm-hmm. that that like, and we'll learn. Well, at Tennessee is part of that getting tougher, right? And I just believe more in Tennessee. I think Tennessee is more proven. I think Tennessee, like, I just, I trust the coaching. Um, You know, I 
I just feel like all the check boxes go to Tennessee, despite the fact that the Bears are five and three. And you have to, you know, you are what your record says you are. I just don't see how they get it done again against a quality team, kind of like Buffalo, right? I don't know how the Bears get it done against these quality teams. Yeah, no, look, I mean, again, the Bears are playing the toughest part of their schedule, this three-game trip here where you have Monday Night Football in L.A., short week turnaround, you host the New Orleans Saints, and then you travel to Tennessee. And I think the thing that really is unfortunate for the Bears, playing a Titans team that's just dropped back-to-back football games. The Titans are a team, remember when the Titans were like the third best team in the AFC yeah. type of deal? Yeah. And now they're like, oh, they them and the culture the, the same thing. Right. Like, there's a look-ahead line, by the way, for Thursday Night Football next week of Titans, Colts, Titans at home only laying a point. Hmm. That's, That's a huge a move. That's, That's a, a huge game. move, though, that says that they're power rating the Colts over the Titans. Right, on a neutral well, What did I miss? I missed that phone call when that was all of a sudden the way we were supposed to view these teams. So... I look at this game here. Well, you weren't here on Wednesday. Maybe that's when the call happened. You were counting votes in Michigan. (laughs) Right. That's exactly what it was. I I mean, uh, I understand that the Titans laying this number. I I don't find it to be disrespectful. But, you know, I mean, again, I said this last week, but, like, the Bears could have beat the Saints. If the Bears beat the Saints, like, what is everybody saying? Oh, the Bears are for real. We finally buy the Bears. Like, they, they were right there. I think... Taking the points here is workable. Dory Jackson is supposed to be back for the Titans, which is a big deal for the quality of that secondary. The Titans defense. Remember, they traded for Desmond King also. Remember, they traded for Desmond King. I mean, that's the thing. Can this team start to get their secondary? Yeah. They are currently the worst defense on third down, not in the league, in NFL history. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, they allow 62% of conversions, Kevin. Remember I said I had an interesting stat on this game? Third down defense is it. Tennessee is the worst in the league. Kev, you know who's second in the NFL in that same stat? The Hmm. Chicago Bears. They only allow third down conversion on 29% of third down. So I was going to ask you about that exact thing, right? Like, what Mm -hmm. if the Titans just can't get off the field? Maybe that's part of why Desmond King was traded for. Maybe that's part of why, you know, Jadavion Clowney was a big name, you know, for Tennessee. I wonder about that, right? If the Titans can't get off the field, but the Bears are getting big stops, that could be the path to this game being closer but then i saw one other stat i want to bounce off you right and it's in the turnover margin the titans are plus eight okay in the turnover margin that could obviously flip the field and change regardless of getting off the field on third down and the bears are underwater in terms of the turnover margin at minus one do you trust your boy Mm. nikki Foles to take care of the ball Uh, i mean i I mean it's tough you know what this thing is though here's why this game is so tough Remember what Talk we were talking me. about earlier in the week when we were talking about Georgia, Florida for the SEC yeah. game? Strength yeah. versus strength, weakness versus weakness. That's what this right. game is. That's this is, right. And that's when you you just got to pick your side here. Yeah. 47 and a half might be really light for the Titans game. Really light. Or way too high for a Bears game. Like <laughs> right. six and a half might be nowhere near enough points to be laying. Or the Bears are live at plus 240. It's like... I just I think it's a really really fascinating game. I lean towards just taking the over here, and I I think I lean towards taking the points with the Bears. But really? the Desmond King and Adoree Jackson numbers are certainly a, a big deal. I would say. Um, yeah, I mean those guys Tennessee coming Titans back. If, secondary is improving, right? Out. 
that could be yeah. something at this part of the season i am looking for reasons why a team may improve their performance whether it's trade whether it's injury you know and it yeah. looks like the titans have both reasons to feel starting to feel better about their defense i think i'm on the other side with you i think i'd lay the points and take the tennessee titans in this one but you know the way i feel about the chicago bears i need them to both teams two on two game losing games. streaks Interesting. Who will get back on the good foot when we come back? We have more games in week nine to discuss here on a football Friday, giving you the edge on sports grid right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, right here onto the early line, giving you the edge, Dane and Kevin. And, Kev, we're talking about some of these interconference matchups that are happening this week that are pretty interesting, unfamiliar opponents, right? When we talk about some contenders like the Bears and the Titans or the Seahawks and the Bills, we've got another interconference matchup, although it's a little bit lower on the marquee, and that's when the Denver Broncos travel to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Talk to me about this, you know, this Falcons team that, fired their head coach and their GM. You got Raheem Morris over there. You got like Tack McKinley making jokes and clown emojis, you know, on <laughs> Twitter. He's My great. question is like, has He's this great. completely unraveled? People thought that maybe some, you know, brand name Falcons could be on the move in the trade deadline, whether it was Ryan or Julio. I mentioned even Todd Gurley. Um, yeah. But, you know, womp womp. It didn't happen. What happens in this game? We got the Falcons at home and uh, four and a half point favorites. So I've been talking a lot again. I, and look, and this might burn me here, man. But last week, the four teams off the bye, plus our two Thursday right. nights, five and right. one against the spread, right? With our only exception being the Baltimore Ravens, that if you watched that game and didn't have a lean to Pittsburgh, you will acknowledge Baltimore significantly the better team in that game. So the Falcons off Thursday night football, off of a win. The Broncos were down 24 to three. Luckily for them, they were playing the Chargers. I'm laying four and a half. I'm laying four and a half. But isn't I, it just I, like, wait a second, you're lucky to play the Chargers because you can come back on them. Can't you do the same oh, on the yeah. Falcons? Oh, no. Listen, <laughs> I, if I bet this game, I've already said this. I can't complain about a bad beat. Not mm. one bit. You know that going in. Same thing with the Chargers this year, okay? I lay this number, and these clowns somehow miss an extra point, win the game by four, not a bad beat. If I put him in a money line parlay, and all of a sudden Matt Ryan throws a back-breaking pick, not a bad beat. This is the Falcons. It's what they do. They're off a win. They look good. As I'm saying it, there's no way I actually put money behind this because they're terrifying, but I like to lay the four and a half. Maybe I will do it, actually. All right, fair enough. I have a question for you. Out of these two teams, real quick, and your answer can just be one word, out of these two teams, will... Neither one or both of them have the same starting quarterback at the start of next year. Both. Both. Very interesting. We can talk about that another time because this offseason is going to be interesting for sure. Hour number two of the early line on a football Friday gets going right after the break. Stick with us.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.